good morning. Are you playing Animal Crossing? Yeah. Oh my goodness. What? I just keep hearing this little bling, bling. Blings and bling, stuff, yeah. Bling. It's a very pointless game, but it's relaxing, which is uh. weird because a lot of it's like doing chores, <laughs> like picking fruit and giving them to your friends and uh, fishing and giving that to your friends. That's my favorite part of the game. Building stuff. Fishing. Yeah, it's way easier <laughs> in the app than it is oh, on really? the game. Yeah. Um, you have a longer period of time to, like, every fish will bite the lure. They don't just they don't oh, just float on by. And that's then, too easy. Yeah, I guess. But it's just that it's that loop of like collecting things and then giving them to your friends and getting stuff for that and creating more things for your little campsite so that more of your friends can come over. And then waiting until everything resets like every three hours there's new fruit and your friends will ask you to do stuff so it's it's just a loop i mean yeah it's just really relaxing but it's also very pointless in the end which i'm totally fine with i'm not looking for an end goal it's Josh just could just totally to talk on. about video games for like the next four days okay. so i'm gonna cut you off right there <laughs> i could okay I'll, I'll, I will say though, No. <laughs> I will say I woke up yesterday. So Monday was my last day of classes today. Today's Thursday. Okay. So I woke up Tuesday. Yeah. I woke up Tuesday and I woke up at my normal time to start studying. And I was just like, I don't have to study anything. <laughs> I can play some video games. And so I played Mega Man on my 3DS and man, it felt so good. To just not have to do anything and to be able to play video games. Because for the past eight weeks, whenever I've played video games, in the back of my head, I'm just like, you shouldn't be doing this. You need to study. You need to write. You need to finish your paper. And so I don't play for more than like 20 minutes. Unless I'm playing with Ollie. But yeah, yesterday morning was different. It's like, no, I totally can. you use your son as an excuse to play video games. Well, playing with someone else is different than playing by yourself. Like it... (laughs) You're making memories. Have fun. Memory all alone in the moonlight. School rock. All right. Um, so now on to the portion of the show called Kids, Weather, and Politics, where we talk about our kids, the weather, <laughs> and politics. I'm just kidding. I've just noticed that's what we tend to do. Yeah, that tends to be our small talk. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny. Speaking uh, of kids, which is funny, we can actually go right into that. One I was of just them making did a joke. Not sleep last night. No. Well, because she went down early and then she slept well, but then when we were ready to go to bed, she yeah. wasn't. She wasn't having it. She wasn't having. Well, it. she was tired. She just I don't know, and she did go back to sleep fairly easily, but then she just kept waking up. So. And brought her in the bed with us. Yeah, so that's fun. She didn't sleep very well. But hey, we're parents. That's what happens sometimes. Kids just don't sleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm like in a daze because I'm really tired. Yeah, I feel you. All right. What? Do you? Um, yeah? I I don't understand the question. 
You asking if I was lying to you? No, it just seemed like you slept through most of everything. Oh, night. oh yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm good at sleeping. You don't understand my exhaustion right Not now. experientially, but I understand <clears throat> mentally, cognitively, intellectually. All right. I get it. Okay. So that was fun. Uh, we finished Stranger Things two. Finally, yes, we did. Because we sure talked about all it of y'all are like, it. oh my gosh, I finished that like the two months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're parents, and it's difficult to find time to sit down and watch something. And that can be pretty scary for a seven-month-old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she doesn't even understand. I'm sure Ollie wouldn't even be scared. Probably Anyways. not. He just doesn't really pay attention. No. But he likes the sounds and the images, but it's not like he knows what's going on. Yeah. But so. no, we did not let our child watch Stranger Things. <laughs> no. No. Neither of them have watched it. Anyways, all that to say is that, yeah, it's taken us a while. Because we watched like the first five episodes in a week or two. Yeah, and then fairly quickly. And then the last we didn't four. watch it for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> and then we blazed through it. Well, I did two episodes a night for the past two nights. Mm-hmm. And then you did. I did like three, three one day. Uh, yeah, three one day. Yeah. And then the last one last night. Yeah. So we kind of caught up. You waited for me to catch up mm-hmm. so we could watch the last episode. Last night. Yeah, our family was telling us that there was like a super sad part and that we were going to cry and we were trying to figure out what that would be mm-hmm. and I totally predicted it. You did. You like did. I knew it was going to happen and I still boohooed. Oh, <laughs> well, um, do we want to do like a non-spoiler version and then a spoiler version real quick of our thoughts on it? Sure. Okay. Spoiler free. What did you think of Stranger Things 2? I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. actually. I uh, I mean, there were a few things that happened that I felt like it's they seemed sort of pointless, but I'm sure they're going to bring it out more in the next seasons because mm-hmm. I know that they've signed on for at least a couple more seasons. Um, yeah, you told me they're doing two more seasons. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. How much do you want to bet? that because it's so like styled after the 80s that it's going to be Stranger Things, Stranger Things 2, Stranger Things 3, and then the fourth one will have no number. It'll just have a subtitle. Just because that's what, that's what movies in the 80s did. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess not. Rocky had numbers. And uh, what, Rambo? I don't know how many. Lethal Weapon went up to four. Oh, man, I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, yeah. anyways, I totally cut you off. So you liked it. Um, there I were some like things it, about yeah. it you thought are kind of branching off other places. Yeah, well, I I don't understand the point of the stepbrother. Yeah. I don't get him. Yeah. Besides him being a total douchebag. Like, I don't, I don't know why he was there. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to bring that out more in the next seasons or what, but. Yeah, they tried to make you sympathetic towards the end. Okay, well, we can go into that in spoiler version. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not delve too deeply into that. But overall thoughts, you did like it. 
there were some I did things. like it a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll say, uh, I, so I, you know, when we first watched them, I said that it felt very different than the first season. Um, I think gradually it, it feels more like the first season as, as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay. I did like it as well. I did. I think it's definitely worth watching. It was a lot of fun. Um, Well, the first season was a lot more, like, throughout the whole thing was pretty suspenseful. Yes. Um, See, that's what I was, that's where I was going with that. Whereas this one was more storytelling. Yeah. um, And then towards the end, more suspenseful. Right. I think it kind of ramped up. So, like, the last episode two episodes the last two episodes were really like prime stranger things yeah like the the last two episodes were the best episodes of the season i'd go so far as to say that um it just took a while to get there now it's still interesting while while you're along for the ride it, it was just different yeah where like the first season it felt like from the very beginning, you're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, this kid is gone. We need to find him. Whereas um, the second season, a lot of it was more kind of like, I don't I don't know, more quaint, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Like, who is this redheaded girl? What's going on here? Oh, no. What's up between Steve and Nancy? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, where like that stuff was interwoven with the more like dramatic elements of Will being gone and... Winona Ryder, I don't remember her name, going crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I like the first season more. I, th- I think the second season was done really well. Um, I will say, um, well, although I do think they did it well, I'm, I'm still kind of nervous for the next couple seasons. I just, I hope they're as good and I hope they don't like water it down because I still... Yeah, the, the first season was still just the best. That's all. That's all. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely like left it open-ended. Yeah, there are some story threads that, that like you said, they're they're prepping for more seasons. Yeah, I I think that the I think it's kind of a backlash to the first season. The first season they didn't write in. Like the first season, okay, spoilers for the first season, okay? I, I assume everyone's already watched it or at this point, if you haven't, that you're not planning on it. Um, the first season ended and they had the one big question, oh, is Eleven still alive? And they hinted that she was. Right. Okay, but that's kind of a, yes, that was open-ended, but it's also kind of like Inception. You know, like Inception, they never planned on making an Inception 2. They just left you with questions. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good ending. I like I like Inception a lot. Uh, and they did that with the first season of Stranger Things. It could have ended there. They, mm-hmm. they wrapped up everything that they wanted to, even though they left you with questions. Whereas I feel like with the second season they intentionally left threads open so that they can return to them in the next seasons. Yeah. So, so the second season wasn't as self-contained. It was, it was written with a view towards more seasons. Whereas the first season was written in and like as a complete package. I don't know. I disagree. I think they left okay. it open-ended, like not just left you with questions, but they intentionally left it open-ended. In the first season? Yeah. Like what? 
Well, like 11 and then also, you know, Will spitting up the slug. Yeah. And being able to like, it seemed like go back and forth between both the worlds. Yeah. And also um, the lab, um, like the gate was still open. Yeah, that's true. So it it was sort of, I don't know. I felt like it was obvious that they were going to do another season. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess it just seems different because, okay, well, maybe, maybe we should just go into season two spoilers now. Is that cool? Cool. Cool. Okay. So for the next couple minutes, if you haven't seen season two, go ahead and skip ahead and, uh, you know, if you don't want stuff to be spoiled. Spoilers. So with season one, those there were those paths that it looked like it could go down. With season two, there was an entire episode uh, with the other, with, uh, what, what's her name, eight? Callie. Callie, there mm-hmm. you go. With her, um, that obviously she's going to return later. Right. Obviously, like, she's going to be back in one of the other seasons. You're going to see other, well, I mean, she was the only one in the memory, but I'll bet you're going to see other experiments. They're going to show up later. Um, Yeah, either they're going to show up later or I feel like, I don't know, Callie might become a villain. Yeah. And they're going to have to fight each other. Yeah, they're going to have to stop her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, and that was an entire episode. And that wasn't just at the end of the season. That was three episodes from the end. So I felt like it was going someplace, sort of like Twin Peaks, where like it would go off on random tangents and then cut off. I felt like that's what this one was doing. <laughs> Except that was just for random sake. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. That was just, um, what's his name? The director. Oh gosh. Uh, Lynch. That was just Lynch being Lynch. Yeah. Cause he's a freaking weirdo. <laughs> Even though I enjoy some of his stuff, he's just weird. Um, whereas this one I feel like, yeah, is much more story driven. Whereas I think the first season, those threads were just at the end. They weren't throughout the season. The second season feels like it's more throughout the season to me. And maybe as time goes by, my my feelings will change, but that's kind of where I'm leaving it. Okay, so you brought up earlier the 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 kid, I don't remember his name, the metalhead kid. Metalhead kid? Oh, the the stepbrother? Yeah, stepbrother. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Um so oh, yeah, towards the name. end, I feel like they tried to make you sympathetic towards him because yeah, they showed his, his dad dad is abusive yeah. yeah and him just being a jerk i was actually surprised he didn't just like straight up punch his dad in the face um because i mean like it, it's it's more psychological than that i think he could well have yeah it showed on. you where he got his anger from right his yeah. anger problems from but then he immediately goes and beats the crap out of steve harrington right <laughs> so so like you're not sympathetic for too long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh he's still he's still a jerk in the end. Um but yeah, I, I feel like he's he's just gonna show up later. Like he's gonna play a bigger part in the next seasons. You know. He's also yeah, racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a big old jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and and like oh that whole scene with with who's it was it nancy's mom or no yeah it was, it was nancy 
and uh, Mike's mom. Yeah, it was just like, oh, so gross. Creepy. Uh, so that's how yeah. 80s movies were, though. If you think oh, really? back on it, oh, okay. oh, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen Risky Business? No, okay. <laughs> Why it's like it's about a teenager basically like hanging out with a prostitute like the whole time, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. No, like 80s, like a great 80s movie. movies were like Electric Boogaloo because there's also like the breakfast club and mm-hmm. like uh even 16 candles like they all talk one. about um you know high schoolers having sex whatever i don't know that that's not like a new thing yeah but like um yeah i thought the uh what's his face the conspiracy theorist guy was really mm-hmm. creepy Oh yeah, yeah. He was basically like weird. encouraging them to go have sex in his in, guest room and, or yeah, whatever. Just, ugh, gross. Very strange. Uh, well, ah, I need to stop using that word. Um, yeah. So there, there was some weirdness and things like that. Well, I mean, there was that there was that weird scene with with. It didn't like, show anything, though. right? Which I really respect. Um, it could have been so much worse. And even for like a Netflix original. Yeah, exactly. That's um, what I was thinking. But but they didn't take it that far, which was awesome. And then you get the kind of the other side of it of seeing like the middle school romance between the kids, mm-hmm. which I thought was endearing. Like right. they didn't push that too far. Right. They didn't sexualize um, the kids. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the big thing was was like the kiss that happened on the last at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Or excuse me, at the last episode. And, and that, like, I felt like that was cute or just right. like, oh man, I remember when I was, not that I got kissed when I was I remember young. middle school me. Right. Exactly. Of just like how big of an accomplishment that would have been mm-hmm. if I was kissed by a girl. So like, I don't know. It was just very endearing and like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be pushed to the limit of sexualization. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about it on here before of just how like movies tend to enjoy uh getting naked people on screen so that people will watch it and it felt it felt much more real for the middle schoolers not to even that wasn't even a thing it wasn't even a thought um you know granted the high schoolers i think they move too fast but i don't know i'm a homeschool kid i don't know how this stuff works (laughs) (laughs) uh so, anyways, um, any more thoughts on Stranger Things? He knows too? how it works now, people. We have two kids. Uh, well, hmm, hey, <laughs> I, I do. I'm just saying I don't know how like high school romance works. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, yeah. See, not equating romance with sex. <laughs> That's what I mean. Nowadays, uh, so <laughs> next uh, politics, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, we can mm. talk about politics, but I don't think anyone wants Hoppers to Hopper's and politics. Elle's relationship. Yeah. Break my heart. It's Why good. don't you? It's good. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I sweet. think I think it all came together. Cause, so I'll say I was frustrated by how, like, I get Hopper being upset, but he just, like, flew off the handle multiple times over her. Um, And so I was like, dude, you need to... I don't know. You need to be better. <laughs> you need to be a better dad. They um, explained that. 
Right. And yeah, it all kind of came together in that scene in the last episode where they're driving together. And I was like, dang, this is good. Like they just, yeah, their relationship and how they were able to talk about it. That is where I was like, okay, good dad. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's, that's what needed to happen was the explanation and the reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to trust I mean, you know, father-daughter relationship, father-children relationship, being able to trust your kids um, and and being open and vulnerable with them and saying that you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, that hadn't happened in the rest of the season. And so when it did, it was just, it was a huge payoff. Like, yeah. Dang, this is, this is really cool. And then you brought up the big old, uh, the big old sad scene. Oh, um, Bob. <laughs> Bob yeah. Newt's superhero. I I feel like it was telegraphed so much right before it happened that it wasn't a big shock to me. Although it's probably because I had that huge gap in between episodes. Um, because he was very likable. Man, mm-hmm. I wish he would have stayed alive. Yeah. Because he was like grounding the family, right. basically. You know, he was invested in her kids' lives. <laughs> he you he know, was, you know, so he was trying sweet. to be a dad. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, I I think I've used this word already multiple times, but it was so quaint. Like he was so, um, uh, he wasn't trying to be cool, you know. He was trying to he was trying to connect with the kids while still being his of, nerdy self. Yeah, yeah, of enjoying crappy movies mm-hmm. and ah oh, man, yeah, yeah. He was a great character. Um, so it sucks that he died. Yeah. Um, man. It was obvious it was going to happen. Right. But I'm still so sad. From the scene that he left the gun on the on the counter, I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> like, that's it. He's gone. Like, he doesn't have any defense. So, pour one out for one's homies. Sucks. Her and Barb, man. They just got shafted. Her. Him. What? <laughs> Jeez. Him and Barb. Don't even know genders anymore. Oh, no. So, yeah, Stranger Things 2. Good stuff. The shadow I creature has, it. Has, a, has possessed you and you can't remember things. Oh, yeah. I'm a spy. <laughs> I'm a spy. And I know where you live now. It's <laughs> creepy. Any voice? Yeah. So, recommendation for Stranger Things 2. It comes highly recommended. Yes, it good does. Good stuff. Even if it's not as good as the first one. That's fine. I only nitpick because I care. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't care about the movie, I'd just write it I don't it know. Off, I think I enjoyed them both equally. Really? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I don't think it was better than the first, but I like. I thought they were... It was up to par, par with the first. Sweet. Cool. Cool, cool. So, yeah. Now politics. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, Alabama. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty to talk about there, actually. <laughs> we totally could talk about that whole situation. Yeah, but we actually have but, a subject to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll we'll push that off till later. We'll just put sad emoji face over that. Yeah. Of that whole dumpster fire. Yep. In Alabama right now. Um, 
Oh, gosh. Yeah, I keep wanting to go into that. But no, we don't have to. So... I'll just reiterate what you said on Facebook the other day, which is that I... I uh, forgot the word that I was going to say. Um, Yeah, I don't remember what word I was going to use, but anyways, I'm... um, I'm proud of those people who didn't vote. Yeah. That's basically what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I heard that it was a large um, chunk of people. Of, people. of Republicans. Right. Who didn't vote. Yeah. 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 I. Because morally it was just, they couldn't. Right. I would have been in the same boat. I would have done mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, which is why I didn't vote for Trump. Exactly. You know? <laughs> or I Hillary. Couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a similar situation. Different, but it has some We did vote. We just didn't vote for those two. Right. Right. For either I mean, of them. You just can't. And I don't know how senatorial ra- races go. I don't know if there was a third party candidate for a Senate seat. Uh, especially in this case, because it was a special election. But anyways, I mean, that... that that's the whole thing is like, this is such a weird, it's a very interesting political case. Uh, it just, it's also just very unfortunate, very sad. Yes. From all aspects. <laughs> Moore is terrible. I think Jones is terrible. Yes. So, uh, it's, yeah. Man. It's Anyways. like, do we... Do we elect someone who is allegedly a rapist or do we elect someone who wants to kill babies? Did anyone actually accuse him of rape? I don't know if anyone made that accusation. Molestation? Was was there molestation? I know it was... I thought it was just sexual advances. Really young girls. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so we are getting into this, I guess, <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about this. Yeah, it's I don't so know exactly weird. what all the allegations are. But. Yeah. Well, that's all that I had heard. And yeah, I, I haven't researched it. But his his defense of himself is just so weird. I mean, he never... He seemed strongly to say that he didn't do anything. And then his position seemed to change of like, oh, well, that definitely doesn't sound like that would have been me then. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I wouldn't know. have touched them there. I would have touched them somewhere else. Freaking weird. I, well, I don't know about that. And then the whole like... Creepy. The accuser who talked about that he wrote in her yearbook who couldn't produce the yearbook. So it's like, from that angle, it's like, well, was she lying about it? I mean, the whole... It just muddied the waters even more. And the whole reason that they... For the special election was because Trump... like. Uh, um, basically gave a uh, a promotion to the Alabama senator. If I'm, if I, if my information is correct, um, he brought him into the. He was supporting more, yeah. Well, no, that's why he was supporting more because the previous Alabama senator he is now um working in the Trump cabinet somewhere. I don't know why. Mm. Um, and so that that's why they were even having this election. So then here recently, uh, like within the past week, Trump came out and said, everyone should vote for more. He's a great candidate because he has to like, 
basically to cover his butt because he took the Republican senator who was there. So now he's saying, yeah, everyone should vote for the Republican senator. Well, I thought this was a shoe in, but Moore's really screwed up, but I'm going to go ahead and support him. So then, so then you have Trump supporting this alleged uh, sexual deviant. I mean, it's who so himself freaking is weird. Right. An no, alleged yeah. sexual deviant. So. I mean, he. I think he's an open sexual deviant. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, well, and that's the difference with him is that th- th- there aren't any allegations uh, of women coming out and saying that there aren't any allegations of sexual abuse for him. He's just been open about how he views women right? by his lifestyle and things that he said. So, so it's, I don't know. Who don't was know, I listening to consent. that was comparing him to Clinton? I don't remember who it was. Okay. I don't know. It was on I mean, some podcast, I think. But yeah, they were comparing him to Clinton and saying mm-hmm. how like they are. And I was like, this, this, this makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Politics, man. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that whole, and that's why I call it a dumpster fire. Like <laughs> the whole thing is just so screwed up. Um, The way that it's played out. And I don't know. I think the American people are kind of caught in the middle. The one kind of silver lining, I think, um, is that the, I think the Senate seat is only two years yeah something like that so it'll more than likely go back to a republican candidate or someone excuse me i'm not tied to uh the republican party <laughs> i frankly don't care <laughs> um i i think the republican but party we are is very pro-life so yes exactly <laughs> so having someone in the alabama in our government in our senate who um is who stands on abortion is that it should be legal up until the moment birth. of birth. Yes. Like, oh gosh, I'm sorry guys. I want to use so many bad words right now. But someone who would see a child, a premature... I mean, I know so many children who were born premature. And someone who is okay with murdering a child at those ages. Like... I'm sorry. I'm holding back a lot of bad words right now because I think it is so flippin' uh, insane. It's to, horrific. To believe that. And so so that's why I don't like Doug Jones is um, I don't understand how you can humanly be okay with that. It, it, it just shows how, how um, arbitrary the line is for you. Um, it it shows that it's no longer about whether or not it's a human. It's about whether or not that human um, meets certain standards. Right. And that I just yeah, like you said, I, it's convenience. Horrific. It's horrific um, that you are okay with killing children. Full stop. So politics, yay, love it. Yay. No, don't love it. Um, pray that our country would repent yes because we're living in some some dark times um if we really look at it pray that our president would repent Hmm. yeah and, and our leaders and our people yes uh, top down for sure or grassroots hey just that we would repent um because we will Repentance be judged all around yeah <laughs> yeah 
All right. So, so on that <laughs> note. So talk to me. Repentance. Yeah. We could talk about that too, but that's not our subject for today. No. Not uh not particularly. So yeah, this is uh like James White likes to say, we're gonna burn out the clutch here. Uh, because we have no segue. <laughs> we're just taking a hard turn. Um we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about, and I've been listening to some podcasts and actually brought up James White. So um, I've been catching up on a lot of podcasts that I missed during my time in school um, because that took up so much of my time. I was um, not, yeah, not keeping up with stuff. So I've been listening to a lot of um, The Dividing line. line with James White. And uh, one of the things that he's been talking about in the last couple episodes is the idea of free will. And uh, I, th- well, I think he had a debate with someone, didn't he? No, it? he was. So in the episodes that I'm listening to, he was reviewing a debate. Oh, okay. Between two, two groups of people. And he was um, kind of analyzing their stances. And so there's a lot of talk about God's decree and free will and predestination. And so I was like, that would be a cool thing to talk about just to kind of parse out where we stand on mm-hmm. the issue. Um, you know, I, I assume that most of our listeners, everyone listening knows us as people in some form or fashion, but that's not necessarily true. Um, and I mean, this isn't necessarily something that we talk about with everyone, you know, or not to, we're not necessarily a cage stage, you know, talk, talking about these things at every single um, <laughs> opportunity, although it is something that we hold to very strongly. Like it's a conviction of ours because we see it in the Bible. Um, and we've made reference, I think, on, on episodes in the past that we consider ourselves reformed in, uh, you know, whatever that word means to you. <laughs> Whatever right. it means to us, we hold to. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna make us sound old. We hold to the London Baptist Confession of 1689. Yes, uh, when we went through that as a family, I, I think we can safely say that we agree with everything, even if our interpretations may be a little different. I th- I think the 1689 is open enough that we can say that we agree with everything in it. Hmm. Personally. Um, now we some also people hold to the five solos of the Reformation. Yeah. yeah, and the tulip. Yes, the five. The, what is commonly referred to as the five points of Calvinism. So, if you don't or know, the doctrines of grace, the doctrines of grace. Which, yes, uh, I, I much much prefer that <laughs> talking about God's grace rather than talking about um, a systematic uh, way of thinking that some guy John Calvin thought up. I don't think that's the case. I think he was looking at the Bible. Well, actually, it wasn't him who thought it up originally. Right, right. I'm sorry, that he systematized yeah. for posterity, uh, you know, because he was in a time when you could write books cheaply and that was distributed. So anyways, um, getting off course here. So we would consider ourselves Calvinist. <gasps> um <laughs> No, we've, sure, we've mentioned that before. Yeah, I'm sure it's not a shock to to most people, but um, I think Calvinists have a character or are characterized characterized. I don't know um, a certain way, uh, which for a lot of there are very bad Calvinists yes, out there. Yes, there are, and so unfortunately, they are the much louder ones. Yeah, yeah, I get it. 
But I wanted to talk about it here so that we could kind of give sort of an, an intro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe if you're wrestling with this yourself, um, like, again, we have no authority, but this is us like talking about what we see in scripture and how um, that works out in our lives um, in a way that, I don't know, I'm not trying to pick a fight. Just like, this is how we see things. This is how, um, why I believe that the Holy Spirit has revealed us, revealed to us these things. So um, anyways, free will. Do you believe in free will? The big FW. <laughs> Do I believe in free will? Do you believe in predestination? Yes. Do you think we're predestined? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that opens a whole can of worms, right? <laughs> um. So actually, actually, let's start there, okay? With predestination. Predestination and free will. Mm-hmm. So the interplay between those two things. You said, yes, you believe that we're all predestined. Yes. Do you believe in free will? What do you mean by free will? Oh, that. That we, I don't know. What do you believe? What 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 does free will mean? Some people would say that it means that we're able to make choices, that we're able to make decisions. Because you can't have both, right? Well, I mean, if, if you're talking about an Arminian point of view, um, free will would mean that we are able to choose God. Okay. Um. And I don't believe that we are able to choose God of our own accord. Okay. Um, so in that sense, no. Okay. But in the sense that we are responsible for our choices, yes. Yeah. All right. So we've made a distinction already. <laughs> um, so we would say that, yes, while we believe in predestination, we do also believe that humans have free will. In a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Depends what you're talking about. Yeah. But we would not say that humans do not have free will. Right. We're not robots. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not robot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just it just sounds like something Michael Scott would say. I don't know. I don't know. I just picture him. That's why it's so perfect. I'll be back. I'm not robot. Um, I am back. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to... Don't want to go too far down the, 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 <laughs> the office trail. hole, yeah. rabbit hole, trail. Oh, the office hole. <laughs> the office hole. Oh, man. Much like your office, anyways. Uh, okay. Um, You're like a, so, predestination, a free will. Yes. Where are we taking it? Where are we taking it? I don't know. Did you want to focus on predestination first? Yeah. Sure. Let's do that. That's what it seemed like you were doing. So predestination, what is what does that mean? It means that we were that everything we do has been planned out, right? Yes. Okay. Everything we do. So how can you have free will if everything's been planned out? How can you actually make choices if if everything that you do has been planned out beforehand? Do you how can your choices actually mean anything? Because scripture says that we, <laughs> that we're responsible for our choices. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would take this in a way. Um, so yeah, I it agree. seems paradoxical. Right. Right. I, I, 
completely agree in predestination. So, so here's how I would frame the conversation is I would say you, that you need to start with God. You don't start mm-hmm. with man. Right. Um, so, so we have different perspectives. And when you take a look at God, when you take a look at scripture and how scripture um, reveals, what scripture reveals to us about God, we see that God is sovereign. He does what he pleases. We see that he um, changes people's hearts sometimes, right? It says that he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Um, and and he's not surprised by what people do. Mm-hmm. Um, in Revelation, I actually just referenced this verse in my final paper uh, for one of my classes. In Revelation, it says that the... Um, the lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth mm-hmm. um, for people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So there we see that God had already planned out so much so that the scripture says that it happened, that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, mm-hmm. that it was already confirmed that that would happen before God even created. Before Genesis 1-1, God decided that he would sacrifice Mm -hmm. for a people who didn't deserve it so if if we start there if we start with god being sovereign then everything has to be predestined right right because you can't have uh, a sacrifice of jesus without sin without Mm -hmm. the fall of man right and so the fall of man had to be predestined well if that had to be predestined then Obviously, the Garden of Eden, Satan had to be predestined. Um, Just the fact that man sinned would have to be predestined. And yet, we also see that, like you said, there are consequences for our sin. So even though the fall of man was predestined, even though God is sovereign, and that is um, what he chose to happen, man was still held accountable for sinning against God, for disobeying right. God. So we have these two different things. So so that's why we say, in a sense, yes, we do believe in free will. We do make choices. Mm-hmm. We choose to sin. Right. Or we choose to... Um, if we have the Holy Spirit, we choose to glorify God. Right. Right. And that... So that's another that's another aspect. Um, and, and this is what you had said earlier, is that we can't do what is pleasing to God without the Holy Spirit. Right. So in that sense, we don't have free will. So when we talk about free will, um, we're not the type of Calvinist. Um, and, and this, this is actually what's termed hyper Calvinism is where everything's determined. So you don't have to do anything. Um, God's just going to work out his will, however he pleases. Um, and you don't have to, so you don't have to be the one to go out and and preach the gospel. God's going to get the gospel to the people that he wants to, regardless of what you do. Um, you don't have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, like the Bible actually says, um, because God is going to bring about your sanctification. He's going to make you holy himself, so mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything. That idea uh, of hyper-Calvinism is, uh, is taking things too far. Right. Um, it's not I would I would say it's not even Calvinism. Right. Right. It's not it's not what Calvin taught. I 
obviously I just quoted a scripture. I don't think it's what the Bible teaches. No, it's the Bible not. <laughs> again and again calls um, God's people to repentance. Yep. Even oh, this calls is what to be disciples. This is what's so crazy is you see this time and time again in the prophets of the Old Testament that God tells the prophets to tell Israel to repent and tells the prophets that Israel will not repent also. So there we see that God already knows what's going to happen. And yet he calls prophets to still proclaim. Um, I was going to say the gospel, maybe not necessarily the gospel, but that God saves. Right. Um, and that his people should follow the covenant that well, he had I mean, set with them. That, that is it. If, if you're talking about the word, in the, in its simplest form, that is a gospel. Right, right. Just not necessarily the finished work of Jesus. Right. It's not uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but proclaim to Israel repentance, you know, right. repent and believe, right? I mean, that's the gospel. Um, so, so, so God does call us to make choices. We are able to make choices in this life. So when we say that we're Calvinists, when we say we believe in predestination, don't hear that as saying you have no choice. You're not, you, or your choices don't mean anything because God's going to take them and, and work his will regardless. Um, or that God is a puppet master. Right, right. The, that like you said, we're just robots. Mm -hmm. That we just do exactly, um, th that we have no will, that right. we have no choice in the matter we do and we make real choices and actually i think that's what makes it even more glorious that god can take our will and use it to his glory right that he actually works through our choices that we make real choices and yet in a certain sense he has already predestined those choices while we don't see it so from god's perspective or from the perspective we are not saying that he causes us to sin right right and that that gets into the two wills of god if we mm -hmm. want to go down that that well route, i think it has a lot to do with it okay okay so then let's let's talk about that so god so how, how would you explain that? How would you explain that? If God um, predestined mm -hmm. that the fall would happen, right? How does it how does it make sense that He did not cause it to happen? If God doesn't cause us to sin, then how did He? Then how did He predestine the fall of man? Well, He can't cause us to sin because He's God. He is without sin. Right. Like we are, we are separated from him because of sin. Like he mm -hmm. literally cannot be in the presence of sin. Like, like we, we, what I mean is that we can't be with God when we're sinners. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which is why Christ had to die. Yeah. Which is why he sent the Holy Spirit. And now with the Holy Spirit, we can be with God. Right. Um, and I, if I could, if I could just jump in here real quick, I would say, 
I would actually um, the the idea of God uh, not being able to be in the presence of sin. I think I think that can be taken too far sometimes. It's not that God is just um, so offended by our sin that He can't be around it at all. Right. It's that God is wholly just. We can't be reconciled to God. That's a better word, reconciled. Yeah. Without yeah. the Holy Spirit. Because of God's justice, he needs to punish sin. Right. So he can't be in a loving relationship with someone who is in open rebellion against him because he's also just, more just than, than anything. Like his standard of justice is where we can even understand what justice is. Right. So he needs to punish that sin. Um, so in that sense, he can't he can't exist alongside a sinful person. Uh, not that he can't exist. Sorry. If a sinful person were to come before God, he would be destroyed because of God's justice. Right. In God's wrath, he would have to punish that sin. Um, yeah. So, sorry. Kind of sidetracked there. <laughs> so, mm, what were you saying? We were talking about God's will. And how he wills different things. The two different kinds of will. Yeah. So God, so we're talking about free will. God has the ultimate free will. Right. And God's will is imposed upon everything else in creation. Because God is the creator. Right. Right. So when we say we have free will, we don't have free will over God, over and against what God wants. But right. we do have free will within what God has decreed. I know that sounds so weird. <laughs> and so the two wills of God are, and I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast. I feel like we have. But there's the decree of God, and then there is the revelation of God as well. So God wills that that man would fall and that Christ would bring salvation. Mm-hmm to a sinful people. God also wills that there be no, uh, you know, he does, he does not will that people disobey him. Right. So there's the decree of God in which all things come to pass. Like all things actually happen because he has decreed it. And then there's also the will of God because it shows his character, his love, um, that doesn't contradict his decree, but it, it, it does, the will occurs in two separate senses. So, so the analogy that I would use, and this is not a complete analogy, but what I tend to, to see is like, we, we even experience multiple wills when we see someone doing something wrong, especially, so the analogy I would use is like a father and his children, okay? Mm-hmm. We will that our children would never be hurt, Mm -hmm. right? They would never have pain or suffering in their life. And yet at the same time, when our child blatantly disobeys what we say, we will that they be punished for the sake of understanding, for the sake of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. But we do will punishment upon them. Right even though at the same time we will that they never suffer. Right. So on a, on a, that's a very creaturely way of looking at things. You don't want to hurt them. Right. 
but you want to discipline them. Exactly. Because they need that. Exactly. And so from, from, from extending that outward towards God, again, it's not complete, but I think that's a way that we can understand God wills, God has decreed that things come about without actually, uh, in another sense, willing that, that people would sin. He doesn't want people to sin, but he has decreed that sin would occur. Now, can we fully understand that? No. No. Uh, we can't fully understand the person of God. No. Uh, or persons, excuse me. Um, we can't fully wrap our minds around that, but we're not coming at this from a philosophical standpoint right? We're not coming at this purely from a rationalistic standpoint. We are coming at this from God's revelation right? in scripture. And scripture says that he's sovereign. Scripture says that he has decreed all things yep. to come to pass. And all things are from him, says through him and to him. That we make choices. That, we, that make we are responsible decisions. for those choices. And time and time again, God calls his people to repentance, to obedience, mm -hmm. Um, to relationship with himself. So we see both of thing, these things happening. So just if, if that word scares you, if predestination is a concept that immediately makes your mind think of, you know, like you said, being robots or, um, or not having any point to your existence because God's going to bring things about, uh, I challenge you to rethink that. I challenge you to think biblically and to study what scripture has to say about both of these ideas mm -hmm. of God being sovereign and man making decisions that affect the world, that affect your relationship with God. Um, and you're not going to come to a full understanding. Right. Right. Yeah. We don't have to fully understand it. Right. But well, like that John MacArthur clip we were watching earlier, like pretty much every major doctrine doctrine in scripture seems paradoxical because you have the sovereignty of God, but you also have m the choice of man in all of them. Mm -hmm. But just because they seem paradoxical, doesn't mean that you have to choose one or the other or you have to try and find some middle ground. Like, mm -hmm. no, you have to believe what God's word says. That's yeah. what you have to believe. Yeah. So if it says that these two things co coexist, then they coexist. We may not understand them fully, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's it what scripture says. Yeah. And the analogy that he used was um, the writing, the, hmm, the writers of scripture. Right. So, so he, what did he use? The book of Romans? Yeah. He asked what, who wrote the book of Romans? Yeah. And the guy said, Paul. And he was like, really? Are you sure about that? <laughs> so yeah. Paul, Paul wrote the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. we, we know that. But then he has to do the Holy Spirit write the book of Romans. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so who, who did it then? 
Was it the Holy Spirit or was it Paul? It was both. It was it was both, but then was it God's will that that happened and he took over Paul or was it Paul's will? Well, another question he had asked, which I thought was really good, was that he he asked if that if all of it was Paul's vocabulary. He said, "Oh yeah, yes," mm-hmm. and it was also all of the Holy Spirit's vocabulary. Yeah, ah, and that to me that is what is so beautiful that God uses our personality, mm-hmm. that God uses us in a real sense. He doesn't right. just use blank slates. He doesn't just program us. Now, I say that in a certain sense, yes, he created our personalities, but we get to exist as ourselves. I'm not sure that I'm explaining it right, (laughs) but I get to exist at the things that I enjoy, the things that bring me life, the things that really, um, that I'm passionate, passionate about are things that God affirms i mean obviously i'm not talking about sin here but i'm talking about my personality Mm. of who i am is real and true and it was created that way as a part of god's overarching will that we don't know Mm -hmm. that's that's another part of it is that we're not we are called to account for what god has revealed not to what he has not revealed right so when God doesn't... We can know what God's will is, what he has already revealed to us. Um, obviously, we can't know his secret will. Right. Because it's secret. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that, when you stop and think about it, that is what is so beautiful to me, is that you do have real people making real choices that really affect the world, your relationship with the Lord, what you do with your life. They Mm -hmm. have eternal impact. What you do on earth has eternal impact. And God is sovereign. Like how awesome is that? That he has brought about his will through creatures that find joy and fulfillment in following him in the way that they were created to do it. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing to me. Um, so again, when you look at predestination, when you look at these things, don't look at it from a cold um, analysis of the facts. You need to take it. This, this truth should affect not just your mind, but your heart as well. Mm-hmm. Um, your doctrine should lead you to glorify God, right. not just to understand him. Your understanding should glorify him. If it's not, then something's wrong. <laughs> something's really wrong. Um, but even when you look at things that you may not agree with, um, I think it's it's the same deal. That How is this... Gosh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, ta- I'm taking from this, this from the standpoint of someone who may not agree with predestination. As you're looking at this, um, weigh it with scripture, weigh it with what God has said and see if this truly is the way that God has revealed himself to be. Right. I do believe that it is. I believe it's exactly what scripture teaches. That we're predestined, but that we are real, true, passionate people. Mm-hmm.
Hopefully I haven't confused you too much. <laughs> Feel like all my thoughts don't make it out of my mouth properly all the time, but um I really do think this is a life-giving doctrine. Yes. Not uh definitely. Not like a shackle that you're bound to your destiny and you can never You know, there's so many there's so many stories out there whether it's actual like books or movies or video games or whatever. There's so many stories about the hero uh fighting against his destiny. I I, I just throw that whole idea out. Yeah. Uh yes, you are destined for something. Uh, but you don't know what that is and so you live out the life that you believe that God is calling you to. And it gives you life and you can see that through how you're created. And you live like out that life by God's revealed will through his scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Through his scripture. And I would say even, so So God reveals himself in scripture. He also reveals himself a general revelation in the world. I would say general revelation is how you are created. Like, again, your own personality, your mm-hmm. own traits. Obviously, we are marred by sin. And so there are right. things that we want to do. There are things about our personality that are flaws, that are sinful. Um, right. And we desire sin. So don't but if hear- we're talking about like a, I don't know, someone wondering if they should take a different job mm-hmm. or something like that, like wondering if that's God's will, well, do it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like- right. I mean, has God, you know, has God called you to that? Well, do you feel in yourself and I, I'm not saying base everything on feelings but I'm saying but part of it is yeah desire like do you want this other job yeah okay is it in line with who you are for instance um, if I was offered an extremely high paying job in sales I would even though I would be conflicted I do not think at the end of the day I would be able to take that job even though they hate sales because I'm a horrible salesman <laughs> because I'm cheap. I'm a cheapskate. And so <laughs> I find it really difficult to convince other people to spend money. So, uh, even though I could say, Oh, well, you know, God has, is leading me to this place. God has called me as a father, as a provider. So I should be making more money. Even though there are things like that, there is also this idea of general revelation. I know myself and who God has created me as, and I know that I'm a horrible salesman. <laughs> um, can I get to a point where I can stuff that down and and work a sales job? Possibly, if if push comes to shove, I might be able to do that. But I don't think it would be sustainable. I right. don't think as a person I could live that day in and day out. But what would be different about that situation is if you had no job. Right. Mm-hmm. And you had a family and needed to support them and you were offered a high paying sales position, then yes, you would take it. Right. Even if you hated being a salesperson. Yes. Yes. Because, because you are God's will for you is to bride, provide for your family. Right. And knowing myself, I would not see it as a career. Right. I would not see it as a long term job. I would see it as a one step to be able to provide for my family and 
still attempting to look for something that I could live out that would be in line with who God has created me to be. Right. So, um, so that's some practical application for you, <laughs> um, that God reveals his will in scripture. And also, also I would say generally who he's created us as. Um, and that's so cool. We're not just predestined. We're not, not just, no, the full, a full orbed understanding of what predestination is includes who God has created you to be and who you find, what you find joy in and fulfillment in, obviously, and what your circumstances are, because mm-hmm. God reveals himself through circumstances. He does. And if your circumstances are terrible, you can, um, you can still make decisions that honor God. Yes. So. So, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good stopping point. What do you think? Do you have any other points that you wanted to bring up about free will? About freeing will from the upside down? (laughs) Freeing Um, will from his possession? (laughs) Freeing Willie? Oh my God. Okay, please stop. (laughs) Okay. I may have had a thought before all of that. Oh man. It's okay. You were predestined to forget it. (laughs) Just kidding. See, that's a horrible way of looking at predestination. That's really funny. Um, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Cool. Um, I should have done more research so that I could refer. Uh, I'm thinking of recommendations now. Um, so I could refer to like a book or something on predestination, but none of them come to mind. Do you, can you think of anything? I feel like we have. A book about that. I'm sure. Yeah, there are multiple ones. Um, it's called the Bible. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, there's um, there's a book that I read by Joel Beakey. Read Romans. That I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, that went over kind of the 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 five points of Calvinism. I'm thinking pre- predestination in particular, but um, yes, I have not read that book. The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination. Uh, I have not read it. Uh, I want to say it's called like In God's Glory or something like that by Joel Beakey. But um, again, that's that covers a lot of um, a lot of different subjects. It's not just predestination. So the sovereignty of God. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a really good one by Arthur W. Pink, The Sovereignty of God. Um, that's a bit heavier reading. It's not, it's not easy. It's pretty rich, um, but it's definitely a good book. Pick it up, read it. Yeah. Good reco on the subject. Um, also the, well, yes, what I said, read Romans. Um, and that video that I showed you or that we listened to beforehand. Yeah. It's a good one. The one by Johnny Mac. John MacArthur. Um, what was that? It's actually the Reformation, the Reformation Resurgence. Yeah, it was a video on the Reformation, the Reformation Resurgence um, page on Facebook. But the video is called How to Reconcile God's Sovereignty and Man's Responsibility. Boom. It's a nice little intro. Yeah, sweet. Have any other recommendations? Stranger Things 2? It's good stuff. Um, 
Yeah. Make cookies, decorate them with your kids. It's fun. We did that yesterday. I did that with Ollie yesterday. He had a lot of fun. Yeah. He had more fun just licking the icing off <laughs> of the cookie, but. Mm, sugar. <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot of fun. You have any reco? Yeah, man. No. No reco? No. So I, I finished up classes on Monday, three days ago. Um, so now I'm just like uh, basking in the, the freedom. free time that I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Freedom. I'm not constantly thinking about um, what my next project is. Um, so I've kind of, I've, let loose a little bit. So I, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Uh, all that to say is that, um, yeah, it's been difficult to think about other things other than school for the past eight weeks. And now hopefully I'll be able to, to recommend more things, focus more, but it's only been three days is what my point is. Yeah. It's only been three days. Now since your then, mind so is like, what is this? Yeah. I can have other thoughts now. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, it's great. I love it. What's this? I love it so much. Like this morning, I, and this is how it sounds so stupid. I organized the desktop of the computer and I organized the downloads folder on my computer. And I hadn't done that in forever. It felt so good just to Aww. clean. Just to clean. You're a nerd. I am such a nerd. I also organized that huge pile of mail that we had and wrote a letter to our sponsored kid. He's so cute. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Little so, Ismail. Yeah. Well, he's not so little anymore. No, he's not. He's like, like a 16. teenager. Oh my gosh, is he 16 now? He is. He must be. We've been sponsoring him for at least three and a half years. Yeah, I, I want to say four because we've gotten four different pictures. Okay. He gets bigger every time. Yeah, that's crazy. Awesome. Awesome. Making an impact. I love it. Love it. Find a way. Okay, here's here's my reco. Okay, okay. This has to do with this has to do with budgeting. Sorry, guys. Sponsor a child. Well, yeah. So if God you can afford it. <laughs> if you live in America, I assume you're living in America right now. If you're not living in America, um, you <laughs> you are in a position where you can listen to a podcast. And how so did you, you find live, out about us? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, online, I mean, Facebook, but. So my point is, uh, you li- you are living a privileged privileged life because you have access to the internet. That white privilege. Able- no, that's <laughs> not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, you live a blessed life. God has blessed you with enough resource to access the internet and to access this podcast, enough free time to listen to us ramble about these things for a little while. Um, my recommendation is to take a look at what you have, especially in this Christmas season where people are are wanting more things. Take a look at what you have. Take a look at your budget and see how you can give to what God is doing in the world. Um, Particularly what's coming to mind is mission work because, you know, we're talking about our kid that we sponsor over, um, over in Africa. Rwanda. Rwanda. Yes. Um, So yeah, you are blessed. Hear that. You are blessed. How can you use that to be a blessing to others? Not just paying your bills and living your life, but how can you extend that out to others? That's my recommendation. I'm out. Dang. 
Preach. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a preacher man. We'll see. What's the son of a preacher man? I'm just having all these references this morning. Hey-o. That's what we do. I mean, we talk in references. That's, yeah, seriously. It's life, man. I I think that used to be more of my dialogue with people. Okay. Was like movie and TV show references. I don't do that much anymore, though. I think because you've cut back on movies and TV. Well, yeah, and... Mom. Mom and Like mom. 90% of my dialogue is talking to my kids, and they don't get those references. It's so. true. It's true. They had, they don't know the intricacies of Arrested Scrubs or Arrested Development or The Office <laughs> or Gentlemen Broncos or Nacho Libre. Or... <laughs> so good. These are all comedies, <laughs> but it's fun to reference comedies. It's like because they're funny. Yeah, you don't reference downer movies. Like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, remember that scene in Schindler's List? <laughs> I've never watched that movie. Actually. I know. Neither have I. I just know <laughs> that a bunch of people die. Uh... It's about getting Jews out of Nazi Germany. Um, so with that downer. Um, yay merry christmas merry christmas y'all yeah we'll see about our um podcast schedule we should have another episode up next week um follow us on twitter and we'll give you updates i know i haven't been very active there i post maybe once a week whenever the episode drops um but now that school's out i should be able to school's out i didn't finish that because it's not summer it's not summer for winter break forever no it's not it's gonna start up in a month um so yeah follow us there on twitter we are our handle is uh so underscore talk to me that is correct yeah or you can reach out on email google gmail <laughs> that fun stuff um our email address is so talk to me podcast at gmail.com um, give us things Please, to talk about. Please, yes, send give a us feedback. subject. <laughs> send us a subject to talk about. Request yep. subjects, please. Uh. We've got ideas. Well, the, the no, they 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 come to us. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I, again, I'm just super excited. The school's out, so I can think more. Um, Maybe next week we can talk about repentance. Repentance, or we still need to have that conversation about theocracy. Yeah, I need to study and the that use more of the first. Old Testament law. Yeah, maybe after we study more, we'll find that we actually agree. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so we've got we've got some ideas, but we can always use your feedback. Do we ramble too much? Do we not make enough sense? Uh, we probably ramble too much. Do you just hate us? That's fine too. We probably talk about Let our kids know. too much. We probably talk about politics, politics too much. Way too much. And TV too. We probably much. just talk too much. Talking too much. You just hit the stop button. People probably just hate our voices don't want to listen to us. Okay, bye. Oh, I was about to make a reference and then you started talking. Oh, what was your reference? Sound of silence. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come to the again. <laughs> I don't know the word. Okay. Goodbye. Peace out, homies. Bye. Talk to your spouse. Talk to you.